God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out on us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be opened. Amen. Our scripture reading comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 35, verses 1 through 10. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble needs. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear, here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, I'm certainly not Molly, but Molly called me Friday afternoon and she had a bad cold. And the first thing she said, I am so sorry to bother you, but, and of course I knew uh, what was going on, and uh, she said, would it be possible for you to come and help me out? I'm not sure I'd be uh, clear enough and healthy enough to preach. And I said, of course I will. And then she said, well, you know, I waited because I said, Molly, the mother in me said, Molly, you're not going to preach on Sunday. No. And, um, and then I reminded her that four years ago, during Advent, here at this church, when I was on staff, I fell and broke my hip and had to have surgery. So you can imagine during this season that my colleagues, John Cook and Molly and others, had to come into the fray and help me out when I had obligations. So just to make sure Molly didn't feel too badly, I said, this is payback time. <laughs> and it is, and it is. 
Well, while I was doing a little shopping uh, the other day, I happened to see a mug with these two words on it, got joy, question mark. And I thought to myself, wow, what a time for that mug to appear. Got joy when the world is in the shape that it's in? Last week, our country witnessed yet another school shooting where children were innocently killed leaving behind a wilderness of sadness and grief. God joy, another COVID-19 variant, Omicron, is on the move, causing all kinds of panic all over the world, of course. And God joy, when droughts are creating deserts in places that once were productive, leaving famine, not just over there, but in our own country as well. I mean, the, the fires out west, those wildfires, have been dramatic testimonies to us about climate change and survival. And God joy? For many, economic insecurity is seeping into the fabric of our life together, crying out for those who do not see enough help coming their way. God, joy? Well, our text from Isaiah 35 answers that question, God, joy? with a resounding singing of the hallelujah chorus. Despite what the world looks like now, it proclaims God has promised transformation, not just a little here and a little there, but all out transformation of weapons, of economies, of social orders, of human disabilities, of emotions, of animals, and that includes us humans. So hold on. Behold, your God is coming. Hallelujah, it cries out. He will come and save you. Hallelujah. Despite what you may think, God has not given up on God's original plan that plan for creation, for humans, for the beauty of the earth, and for peace and hope and yes, and joy. Hallelujah. Now, I don't know about you, but in my wildest dreams, I wish these words from Isaiah could be shared with the whole world and in a way miraculously heard on a deeper level that promises still do come true. In fact, Isaiah is reminding us that they will come true. Now just to help us remember 
When Isaiah wrote these words, the captives from Babylon had returned to Zion long ago, but disappointment eventually set in. And not just disappointment, I mean, they were a discouraged people with little hope and much less joy. Then, of all things, yeah, of all things, the prophet Isaiah retrieved an old vision of a highway in the desert and reminds us that the promise will be fulfilled once more. That's what the prophet is telling us. But the meaning, ah, the meaning will be broader and deeper. And finally, finally true. From everywhere on the earth, Isaiah proclaims, everywhere, the ransom will return to Zion. All the scattered promises, all those will be joined in fulfillment together. So let the dancing begin, hallelujah, says Isaiah. The earth renewed, bodies remade, freedoms conferred, sorrow gone, sighing gone, and new joys bestowed. Well, last week, the first Sunday in Advent, our first hymn of the morning was O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And some of us thought, boy, do we need to hear that promise now. While others might have been thinking, the promised Messiah, the promised Emmanuel has already come and certainly is among us. So why on earth do we sing this hymn? We were singing that hymn because we knew that Emmanuel's visitation is not fully fulfilled. I mean, real captives and refugees suffered right among us, all over the world. The earth is a burning desert. Last year was the hottest year on the planet. And we knew that because we certainly were in a drought here in South Carolina. Cities are joyless and hearts everywhere are sighing. Yeah, sighing. But Isaiah says to us, hold on. That's what that hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, is reassuring us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son 
in a sense saying, I am still with you. And that's why Isaiah's words are both a command, strengthen your weak hands, straighten your feeble knees, tell the fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. But then, but then in a sense, the message is, and we can do this together, and that's a blessing. So that, com- that was both a command and a blessing. But then as we hear in Isaiah, as it goes on, but first, Isaiah says, after reassuring and giving commands and giving blessings, Isaiah gives us another vision. And that is, that vision wants real incarnation happening within us. We call it an inside-out job. So an incarnation in our lips, our hands, our knees, our unterrified hearts. After all, when you think about it, that sighing deep within us, is really a yearning for God. That no matter what, God will find new ways to love us and love this weary world. And that is good news, joyful news, that needs to be lived. and to be shared. Some years ago, when I was a hospital chaplain in Atlanta, I received a new kind of joy. A young woman had had surgery and she was lying in her bed, her mouth in a palsy, kind of almost clownish looking. Unfortunately, the surgeon had to sever a facial nerve to remove a cancerous tumor in her cheek. Her young husband was in the room And he was standing on the opposite side of the bed. They both were holding hands and kind of making loving gestures to each other. And then the surgeon comes in to check on her and she asks him, will my mouth always be like this? And the surgeon said, yes, it will because a nerve was cut. 
And she nods and is silent. But her husband, who's standing right next to her, smiles and says, well, I think it's kind of cute. <laughs> and then he leans down to kiss her crooked mouth. And you could see as he was twisting his own mouth <laughs> to accommodate hers, he gave her a kiss. And then he looked in her eyes and he said, I just want you to know that the kiss still works. The kiss still works. When God came to this earth, his love shaped itself to fit each person. In a sense, Christmas celebrates that fact that no matter what wounds inside or out we have, and no matter what shape our scars are, and no matter what burdens we have carried that have changed us in our lives and shaped us into different people, God wants us to know that the kiss still works. And that's why Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, came into the world. It was God's way of reminding us that I'm going to love you no matter what. And I'm going to forgive you no matter what. And I'm going to redeem you no matter what. And we don't have to ask, will we always be that way? Because we know. We are all humans and twisted by the wounds of one kind or another. Yet at this time particularly, this time of Advent, of hoping and dreaming and reclaiming old visions, we proclaim the mystery of God's grace and love as it comes to Bethlehem and a child is born and a savior is given and a divine kiss is planted right on the lips of the world and on each one of us. So that our lives not only work, but work gracefully to bless others and to pass that kiss on. So this morning, got joy? 
You bet we do. Joy and nothing less. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.